welcome to our new podcast, the first episode of Mad Liberal with mm-hmm. Alex Maynard and her sister, Allie Maynard. And Allie said it for me, but if you didn't know, we are sisters. 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 Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod. Wait, hold for dog. <laughs> hold for dog paws. Okay, there might be a lot of pitter-patter on this podcast. Oh, she's sniffing my mic. Hi, Diva. Because we have a really cute pod dog. We have a cute pod dog with us today and all days. And we might have some fans of Tiva already, those listeners out there. But uh, if you don't know Tiva, you will hear her little paws tapping and we'll probably throw up some pics of her as well. Yeah. Okay, so Allie and I decided to do a podcast because when you move to LA, you talk about it for three years and then you finally start your own and you're one of those people that has a podcast. For those people, I'm so sorry. We're the worst. So now we get to find out how stoned we really sound in real life when we're talking to each other. (laughs) We actually do have a problem, though, I realize, because we sound very similar. We do sound too similar. So you have to change your voice. I don't want to do that, but... um, I'm older. This is how it goes. You're right. <laughs> Should it be like this? <laughs> so I just talk in an accent. See, now people can tell us apart. I'm digging it. But here's the deal. is I'm not somebody who's good at accents, but I do overuse them. So spare So me. you guys are in for a treat. You're in for a real treat. Allie and I are sisters, which means that we do have a tendency to talk over each other. It's true. So we are going to try very hard to not do that, but we cannot promise anything. Uh... We actually already recorded the podcast, so I can tell you for a fact, uh, we totally talk over each other. I edited it myself, and it was really difficult. Fantastic. Hold for dog. Hold dog playtime is not right now in the middle of the podcast. Stop. Tiva, just cool it for a minute. (laughs) We need like 10 minutes, Tiva. (laughs) We can't record our intro because our dog is being too cute. It's a good problem to have. I feel like this first episode is going to be like convincing someone to watch a pilot of a new TV show. Like the first one, you're not completely sold. (laughs) But I feel like as it goes on. I love the confidence. Yeah, right. Because we have a sick ass guest, Danielle Johnson today, who we're super stoked about. She's a very cool guy. She's funny as shit. She's badass. She has her own company. She is coming on to talk about her experience navigating the healthcare system, which if you live in America, you know is super fucked up right now, especially if you're a woman and you're trying to get any kind of treatment for women's reproductive health. And if you're a dude, please stay with us. This is going to be fun. This is a podcast for everybody. Except for Nazis. Except for Nazis. If you're a Nazi, you can fuck right off. Yeah. Everyone is welcome to this podcast. Men, women, LBGT. Non-binary. Non-binary. Dogs, cats, bring them all. Come to our side. We are happy to have you, unless you're a goddamn Nazi. We will be mean. We also have some great segments for you guys today. We're going to be discussing Democrats 2020, as well as the cutest dogs we saw this week. You'll also learn a few fun facts about Alex, myself, and our guest. Hey, I love fun facts. I'm a huge fan of them. Can I bring up a little facet about you real quick a little ditty a little ditty this is a little uh memory i have of sweet Allie giving someone relationship advice and some guy was being ridiculous and our friend said well i just don't want to burn that bridge and Allie said fucking burn it 
<laughs> Let him swim across a goddamn river for you. He it's burns true. a fucking bridge. You didn't set the bridge on fire. He did. And if he wants to fucking hang <laughs> out with you after it. you, swim, bitch. Yeah. Swim. You know what I thought about doing with my friends? I thought about just sending them all a Venmo request for 20 bucks and just saying yearly friendship <laughs> membership. <laughs> and see how many people, 10 bucks, I don't care. See how many people pay me and are like, that's fair. Alex, friend for a year, 20 bucks. It, I mean, yeah. What? How many friends do you have? Like six. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you're about worth $60 a year. <laughs> Less than an Amazon Prime membership. It's true. It takes me longer to get there, too, if you know me. You're, you're less useful, though. It's true. <laughs> Depends what you're getting on Amazon. Oh, everything. All right, everybody, here with us today is digital marketing specialist and our good friend, Danielle Johnson. Hi, Danielle. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on Mad Liberal. Are you mad? I'm very mad. You ready to get mad? Yes, I'm ready. Yeah, she's cool. (laughs) No, Danielle's the best. We're super excited to have her on today. And as our first guest, we talk to Danielle quite a bit. We get mad with Danielle. Not with her, but... Not at her. Not at her. On her behalf, often, because her and Alex both deal with stupid women reproductive health issues that they're trying to battle through the healthcare system. So So we vent. Yeah. We get down on a regular basis. You can find Danielle on all social media platforms at Donut Socialite, and you can also check out her podcast, Donuts Coffee and Tech, on iTunes. So on our show, we have a segment... That we're going to do. Well, are we going to do segment time? Because if we're doing segment time, I need a segment song. Oh, you need a segment song. I need a segment song. Warm me up for it. It's a segment. And it's your very first one. That's all I needed. Just some segment. some tone deaf segment song. <laughs> I'm your lady. You'll share something that we don't know about you. Oh, dope. I'm game. I'm so ready. What's something we don't know? Um, Something that you don't know about me. Uh, one of my friends is going off about how outdated it is that your boyfriend has to ask your dad for your hand in marriage. And I hadn't even thought about it at all because my dad is a crackhead. <laughs> and I'm talking about like, been smoking crack for years. 40 plus years of casual smoking crack. Like he just has no... Where does he live? Casual smoking crack. Casually, you know. Where they say crack kills, but I definitely want to sue whoever came up with that because... He'd have been dead already, right? He's in Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Is he in a house? What crackhead you know with a house? <laughs> I mean. I'm okay. I'm just trying to wrap. Okay. I mean, most crackheads be on the street asking for money. But it was funny because when she was talking about asking for the hand in marriage, I thought how it might be if a guy ever wanted to ask my dad for my hand in marriage, right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, how would this go? Because crackheads basically give you anything, for the right price, right? So with my hand in marriage, she probably would barter for like a ride or something. Like, oh, you want a hand in marriage? Uh, that's cool. I mean, can you take me up the street? Like, I'll be okay with that. Or like, do you have like forty dollars or something like that? Because my it's dad. It's not like you'll respect her and like. Yeah, he's no, because like, none of that matters. Forty dollars. You got forty hots and a ride, then you can have my daughter's <laughs> hand in marriage. That's not even a thing. My dad has. What done, else you want? Yeah, like, oh yeah, what what else can I do for you? Like, right. you want me to wash your windshields too? Like, 
he's doing more stuff for the guy who's asking for my hand in marriage than the guy who's asking for my hand in marriage has to do for him. So. I can't believe your dad is yeah. living on the streets of Vegas. Yeah. Do you see him? When's the last time you saw him? I haven't seen him since probably 2007. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe. Probably like 2006, 2007, something like that. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, he thought he was dying. So... Um, what happened was he ended up going to some rehabilitation type thing that was held at a church and he got pneumonia. So they ended up taking him to the hospital so that they can treat him for pneumonia. And I'm like, bro, it's 2007. Nobody's dying of pneumonia unless you have AIDS or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you'll be fine. It's curable. It's curable. You know what I mean? Antibiotics, you'd be straight. If you'd stop doing crack, you wouldn't think. (laughs) That this was the 1800s and that she was going to die and from the moment. No matter what he goes in for, the diagno- the treatment plan is stop doing crap. Yeah, that's step number one. <laughs> stop hitting the pipe. Step number two, take these these meds. But yeah, he was all delusional or whatever. Don't anyway, smoke the meds. Don't. Take the meds. Take them. Don't go sell them for more crack. <laughs> Do them. But um, he had got all crazy, frantic, and he ended up getting out of the hospital and he's... He hits me up and he's like, "Hey, um, my friend is in the is in jail. Can you help me get the bail for him to get out?" I'm like, "Dad, I don't have any money, right?" And like, this is how I knew that he was like on the way down downturn. He was like, "Well, like, can't you do a cash advance on your card?" I'm like, "Fuck no, I'm not doing no cash advance to on no card." To get his friend bailed out of jail, right? But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. I asked him how much the bell was. I was like, well, dad, how much is the bell? He was like, $40. <laughs> when has anybody's bell ever in the history of all? Yeah, right. Exactly. Been $40. Like maybe, maybe the 1700s. <laughs> maybe that's why he thinks it's the 1700s. Maybe. Maybe the crack that he's been smoking put him in a time machine, <laughs> took him back to the 1700s. And when he's sober, he's back in present day, so he's just all out of whack. All fucked up. Exactly. It's like hot tub time machine, but with a crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the sequel to Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot crack pipe time machine. There we go. There we go. That's patent pending, baby. Don't you take that. Uh, so we have some ground rules for the Bad Liberal Podcast. Pretty straightforward that everyone has to follow. Mm-hmm. And the first one is the word sorry, not allowed. Obviously. You ain't sorry. You ain't sorry. Right. Sorry's not allowed in this room. It's not allowed in this household. It's not allowed in this podcast. I would say, too, it's not allowed to your boss, but you're your own boss. So still not allowed. <laughs> I stopped saying the word sorry in 2016, and it's one of those things that you don't realize how much you're saying it. Like the word like. Or, uh, until you start noticing it. Mm-hmm. I apologize to people for things. I say I apologize if I genuinely do something wrong, but just the word sorry, how much it's thrown around and how much women use it, especially. Oh, yeah. Cut that shit Wait, out. it's not even you bumping into someone and saying sorry. It's someone no, bumping into you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm saying sorry. Sorry, I thought but, you said. No. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That was a joke. And, uh, so you can't say sorry, and if you... Say sorry for saying sorry. We stop the podcast and throw you in a volcano. Oh my god! You're done. Active volcano or inactive? Inactive. Oh damn. But I don't know. Danielle would just like superhero out of it. <laughs> <laughs> she just turned it into her lair. Yeah. I would be making macaroni and cheese in there. <laughs> just use it as my personal stove. So yeah, rule number one: no saying sorry. Two: no rape allowed. This is a rape 
rapist-free show. Okay. Okay. Just any pro-rape listeners out there, this might not be the podcast for you. No rape. They exist, yo. I didn't know that there were mm-hmm. actual people that exist. You that know advocate how, rape? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you... Is out of sight, out of mind for me. And I know that there's people out there that advocate every horrible thing that a human can do, right? I know they exist, but it's almost like they don't exist because I don't want to run into nobody like that because I don't <laughs> well, want to kill nobody. good because it means that you don't hang out with people that are pro-rabe. Yeah. Yeah. So if, in case anything wasn't clear, just so we're all on the same page, this is a no rape, rapist free. You can't sexually assault anyone while you're here podcast. Dang. Okay. I know these rules are like super strict. It's almost as hard as like not whipping your dick out at work in front of your coworker. Yo, I was at a club one time and dude whipped out his dick on the dance floor. I turned around, pushed him so hard, he fell on the floor, <laughs> and I was about to stomp him out, but my homegirl came over and like helped me back. I used to play basketball with some phenomenal women out in Arizona, and the, one of my homegirls saw me, and she saw what happened. She came and held me back, but I was about to literally kill the guy because he had whipped it out. Stomp it in. Stomp it in. Yeah. It's like unbelievable that happens. Yeah. So don't do that here. No flashing genitals. No flashing genital- genitals. Unless or- you, you know. There's a time and a place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe a strip club. Strip club. If you know, if you know, you're going into it, and the other person, it's mutual consent. Yeah, you got to read the room, but always err on the side of no. If you're about to have sex and want to whip something out, yeah. sure. It's an always no at work. Actually, whipping the, the thought of whipping something out seems aggressive. Yes, right. sliding it out. Take it out. No, it's not. Just leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah. Always Leave air. it in or Danielle will kick it back. Leave That's it in right. might have been a good name for the podcast. Leave in. Leave it in. <laughs> Zip it up. Okay, uh, the third rule is not really a rule so much as a permission, but you can swear all you like. This is a non-censored podcast. We talk about gross shit. You can swear, say fuck shit. You know. Because we're mad. We're fucking mad. Yeah, we're done being nice. We're yeah. done being fucking nice. And I, I really, really don't give a shit what shitty people think about me. Right. And you shouldn't either. All the good people out there need to stop worrying about what shitty people think about you. I think people just need to start being called the fuck out. Yeah. Right? It's like you don't turn the other cheek when someone's being racist or an asshole. Hold for siren. Hold for siren. So swear all you like. That's the third rule. Yeah. What's your favorite swear word? Uh, Probably fuck. Fuck? Yeah. Good. I say it a lot. Everyone or, likes a good fuck. I say, um... Probably damn. Damn is probably really damn. up there. Yeah, like, I don't give a damn what you said about such and such and such. Yeah. That's a light damn. swear. It's light, but I say it with my heavy voice. It scares me. <laughs> it surely does. That's hilarious. Uh, rule number four, Allie. In this household, because we record the podcast at my house, in this household, Beyonce is God and Rihanna is our queen. That's so awesome. So no blasphemy. And guess what? They don't say sorry. They don't say sorry. Hmm. Mm, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> they make other people say sorry. Hmm. It's true. We are a secul- secularist household here. Alex and I are ethnically Catholic. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate all of the Catholic Christian holidays, but we, I don't know, do you believe in God? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, we're just American secularists, mm-hmm. but ethnically Catholic. So we have the guilt and we celebrate the holidays and we... <laughs> Got the wafers and the crackers and all that shit. But on our Christmas tree, because we have a Christmas tree instead of a star on top every year, we put Beyonce. Because she's the true star. She is a star. And Allie, I don't know if I believe in a god, but you know what I do believe in? Take a guess. Me? Well, sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> also, science. Oh. Oh. There you go. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, uh, I do believe in you, though. Shout out to Allie. Shout out to Allie. Her. Yeah. I believe in Allie, too. Thank you you want to know why? Because she believes in us. That's I it. do believe in you guys. <laughs> I tear. do. Look, tear. You know what? Allie's like the ultimate dad that I think everyone needs. She's the straight up, what, what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> right. <laughs> or I will verbally slay you. Yeah. Yeah. But it could be like a landlord, too. I'll go off on your landlord if they don't fix your toilet. I love it. Yeah. I just love how assertive you are and like how your mind works because you're filling in the, the holes and the gaps way before somebody else might even know that there's a hole or a gap, if that makes any sense. What do you mean? So almost like if I see something... Like, okay, me being down, right? I don't even think about eating at all because I'm thinking about blood gushing out of my vagina, you know? <laughs> I'm not thinking about rest. I'm not thinking about having to get places or any of those things. You're already five steps ahead. You've ordered food. You're on your way. Like, all this other crazy <laughs> shit. I look up and I'm like, whoa, what? You're like, yeah, so uh, I'm two minutes outside of your house and uh, I have food and I brought pillows. So... <laughs> Um, she's a white manager dude yeah. she's your white manager <laughs> yeah exactly that sometimes I have to talk to I'm a, I'm a kind person to the you people are. I care about and I'm a huge cunt to assholes yeah and you're very considerate and I think when you're observant and considerate together it's like the best weapon you can have against assholes and people yeah. who aren't observative you know what I mean because you're you're seeing things as it's unraveling 10 steps ahead so then you're able to prepare for 10 steps ahead and then you tell other people like yo in 10 steps there's going to be this big ass hole in the ground jump yeah <laughs> and then if you don't listen and you fall on it you you don't judge them for not listening you just tell them like i told your dumb ass there was a hole <laughs> and that's well, Allie, that's ally in a nutshell i think it's like ally if you like someone they'll know if you don't like someone, they'll, they'll know. They'll know. Yeah. That's <laughs> you it. Know? It's very I'm, I'm easy, though. I feel like I'm so fucking straightforward. Yeah. I'm not a hard person to crack. You're not a hard sell, no. Um, no, I'm an easy laugh. I don't want drama with anybody. Yeah. I like my alone time. I like my space, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I'm pretty easy to get along with. It I just need basic yeah. respect. Mm-hmm. And just act cool. Like, just be a normal, just nice... Just be cool. Just be fucking cool. Well, not even just be cool, but don't be an asshole. No one's that self-important, so get your head out of your ass. Right. That's it. You know? That's fucking it. You know what, though, Allie and I think about kind of what you were saying, Danielle, and just how I know you how you are. It's a lot about just, again, giving people options. Because I think when you're limited with options... You react out of fear and you react out of necessity versus what's actually best for you. So I think when Allie was talking to Danielle, letting you know that she had a place for you if your breakup ended up happening, you're like, oh, I got options. I don't have to stay with this dude and ride out my lease or... Yeah, anything. You're not obligated to shit. Right. (laughs) Exactly. No, no one's obligated to your time or space. I think there's... Like, our government's really detrimental right now because they're limiting the choice yeah. of not only women, but minorities, low-income Or even just the illusion of you don't have any choice, right? Which because you do. In my, in my case, being a black person in America, I've always had the illusion that I didn't have a choice in things. It's amazing how many black folks I know that do not vote because they feel like it does not matter. 
so many black folks who will not go see the doctor because they just feel like it's not an option. There's so many different things that are constantly being breathed into this community of people. And it's the illusion of not having a choice, right? And I think it's fucked up because literally, <laughs> if you took your dumb ass down to the ballot and you made a choice on something and we all did it, right? And then it didn't happen. Then you would have empirical evidence that your voice does not matter. We don't have empirical evidence because we have this big ass facade that's happening where somebody was told in an earlier generation that you cannot do it and you should not do it and you don't have the right to do it. And then it got regurgitated over and over again to where folks that are my age, yeah, it turns to belief. People my age and younger who are almost petrified to even learn anything about the government because they are, they just, they're so caught up in this illusion of no choice. Well, they're demoralized. Yeah. And that's what the system's built to make certain groups of people feel like. And then it's a fact after a while because people aren't voting. Why fight? Why try? It's not going to get me anywhere. And they want us to think that. They want us to believe it. They want women. They want minorities. They want immigrants. And the truth is if we all grabbed each other's hands and we fought, we get there. Yeah. Beyond there. That was the fourth rule. It's all about Rihanna. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. That's all we're at. Yeah. There's one more. Yeah. So it's uh, Can't Say Sorry... No sexual assault, rape allowed. You can swear all you like. You're in the land of Beyonce. And then the fifth one, you have permission here to be mean on this podcast. You can be as fucking mean as you fucking want. The guests we have on the show and our listeners send time worrying if other people think they're being nice. Mm -hmm. Throw that fucking shit out the window. This is a safe space to get real. I love it. Let's get real. I love it. I'm a genuinely nice person. You put a little pin in the qualifier that I am a good, I'm a nice person. Well, no, what we I'm all s- know that we all are. Well, what I'm saying is that to be mean would mean that there's been years of some type of agony that has caused me to be mean toward you. Because it, it doesn't come naturally. If you're mean, you deserve it. Yeah. You can be as mean as you like on this podcast, in this space. We encourage it. We encourage it. And you do not have to say you're sorry. That's true. You have to fight fire with fire. No social movement in American history has ever been achieved without someone first getting super pissed off. I think there's a lot of people who there's a lot of people who aren't mad and I know it's been said before but it's one they're not paying attention or two it doesn't affect their life. Right. So they don't have to be mad. And I think as you women, mean white people. Yeah, of course. <laughs> white white people Right. literally can live in a bubble and kind of you know push a lot of social injustices to the side because it doesn't affect them directly yeah and they get to make decisions on things choice yeah it's like hey i get to say what's working and what's not working even though i'm not in the midst of these things happening and it doesn't really impact me so the choices that i make about it won't be the ones that's going to cure the problem you see what happens they pick the worst solution <laughs> to the problem. And it's like, okay, well, what the hell are we supposed to do with this? And the people who are mad get madder. Well, when it doesn't affect you, politics is easy to play as a game. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's all about wins and losses. It's all about a few percentage of tax decreases or military spending. It's just all a game. But for people whose lives are on the line, uh, yeah, who it does affect, and you do have to care. Right. Like, I don't want to fucking have to care about abortion. Right. 
Which brings us back to choice. Choice is a privilege today. And I think I don't I think we should just jump right into women's care. Are you done? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Right, cool, no worries. It's like um, that person that tries to bite the chip really slow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Stop sorry. opening a bag yeah. of chips, Danielle. Yeah, Danielle's a loud jacket. Yeah, hella um, loud. That's because that's a Colorado jacket. Do you take your bra off? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't believe in taking well, my bra off. <laughs> Allie and I yeah. were talking about how we would love this to be a space where people come in on the pad- podcast and take their bras off, but I was saying some people like their bras on. I love my bra. You know, that is more so wrong to me. What? Yeah, I mean, listen, talk about it. Why is it wrong to you? Oh, I have a small chest, so I don't know your life. Like, there you go. <laughs> it's you just a, it's a different world. <laughs> yeah. Try running up the stairs with big tits. Exactly. <sighs> Getting hit in the face. Have you ever got a black eye from your own titty? Like, come on. It's... I haven't. I have. <laughs> I here that I want to though. I have the same size boobs as a fat man. Oh. I have like a B, like a good, like a handful, like a good handful. But guys, some guys are into that. Yeah. On men or on you? <laughs> <laughs> on overweight men. Oh man, that's interesting. I'm yeah. like my body is like if a. 15-year-old boy had tits. Like, ate too Man much tits. one summer. Yeah. No, because he's still skinny. Yeah. <laughs> like a gamer who went to fat camp? But just for his boobs. <laughs> yeah, just that's my body. Boobs. That's so Thanks, funny. Alex. Sorry. That's so <laughs> I know, it's like you're feeding the fire. I love it. Yeah, no, I feel like um, I've had breasts since I was 10 years old. So, I mean, it was painful. It was one of those things where it was like, to alleviate the pain, you wore a bra. And seriously, it, I mean, they grew so fast. I didn't think they were going to stop. I was like <laughs> crying to my mom every day. Oh my God, is it ever going to stop? And she's like, yes, it stops. I mean, when you get pregnant later on, then they'll probably grow again. But then, you know, you'll be fine, you know. But 10 years old with boobs, like what the hell was my life, you know? Do you remember that changeover? Because I remember it for me, the time period. In certain instances of it, but do you remember when men started looking at you? Oh, that was since I was five years old. Really? Yeah. It, but yeah. start looking at you sexually. Yeah. What? Absolutely. I was molested and raped at like four and five years old. What? So, oh my god. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. By a family member. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's always a fucking. Awesome. Family. Yeah. That's why I don't trust folks. Like when my nieces and nephews, when they were really young, I taught them the words for genitalia, penis. Vagina. So they'd know. So they would know. Yeah, because what happens is the molester normally tells you to like keep the secret or like calls it something else. Like they play a game. They play a game with it, right? They make it into like a secret game. Right. And it's like your private parts or just call it something else. You know what I mean? My niece had got touched inappropriately at school. And the way that I knew that it happened is because when we talked about it, she called her genitalia something else. And I said, who the fuck told you to call it that? Because that's not what you were taught. And that's when I went up to the school and caused hell. Because I remember being a kid and not saying anything. I didn't say a damn thing until I was about 15 years old. That's when I told my mom that something happened. Did you know something happened when you were little? Yeah. Or was it when you were 15 you like... Oh, no. I knew that. something happened when I was little. Okay. I had... I remember... I know my first memory. Like, I was walking down the street at three years old. And I wasn't supposed to be walking down the street. I've always been very cognitive and aware, very present. So I knew when it happened that something had happened. And it happened a couple of times when I was that young. And then it happened again when I was like 10 or 11. So it's like, 
I knew exactly what was going on. You know what I mean? But I always wanted to make sure that my nieces and nephews knew what that was without like causing some type of, I don't know, shame. Because I feel like people will hurry up and make you feel ashamed for- Or not believe you. Or not believe you because you're a child. So Or ask you what you did to deserve it. Yo, that is, I mean, that's shaming. To me, that's like policing somebody like, well- how were you acting? It's so sad what? to me, and it angers me because sex is such a beautiful experience, and it's such an integral part of our bodies. And it's enjoyable. Right. It's something when embraced correctly, you can feel so much power and love through. Mm-hmm. And to have that ripped away from you. Oh, yeah. Or thought to be something else, something that it's not. Right. Because it's abused. Right. Oh, yeah. It's taken years to get to that happy place with it because i mean you're lucky the long i mean yeah exactly and i'm not even fully there like i feel like i'm about 70 percent there i still have a little ways to go but yeah some people don't even get there and they're forever traumatized it's like not being able to go back on a plane after being in a plane crash exactly did your mom believe you right away oh yeah and she felt awful because she worked so much that's what it really came down to is that she had to leave me with these people because she had to work. You know, my mom always worked two full-time jobs and we're West Indian. So we believe that work is like the way that you're supposed to live. Forget everything else. You're supposed to work. And if you have children, you have to provide for those children. That's just what it is. So she felt awful when she found out yeah, that she's a it happened. Mom. Yeah. You know, single moms for sure. You know what I mean? But I mean, it was just like she couldn't understand how it could happen under somebody else's watch, right? Because she trusted them enough to leave her child. Why would they not be paying attention enough to know that something was happening in their home? You know? So, yeah. And I and think it's, it's not made abuse her... you could see. Yeah. Really. It's nothing external. It's nothing. Right. It's not like you can see a bruise and be like, oh, somebody whooped your ass. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, I was molested. Well, and it's a sexual thing, too, and your body is, is built for sex. Not at five, obviously, but, like, right. you know, if as long as it's not a forceful thing, like you said, bumps and bruises, right. your body recovers. Yeah, absolutely. It's the emotional yeah. scars absolutely. that hang in there. Yeah, and then my mom didn't want to talk about sex when I was older. It was really weird because she didn't know about the molestation stuff until I was, like, a teenager, but, you know, when you're 10 years old and you start getting boobs and they send you home with a pamphlet, yeah. like, hey. And a pad. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Um, one free pad <laughs> in fourth grade. It's like, I'm going to need a million of these. You do understand <laughs> yeah. that, right? Do you remember that, though? They separated the boys and the girls. Yeah. And then we all met back together. I'm like, what did they tell you? And yeah. like, I don't know. What did they tell you? They like, did no one wanted to, to share the anatomy. Like, they just got deodorant and told they would grow ball hair. And we got, like, this shocking yeah but then they showed when when i got to fifth grade they showed the boys the girl video they did they did and i'll never forget i will not say who it was because we are still friends till this day but there was a friend of mine who was in fifth grade who watched the girls video and threw up (laughs) i need to know who this was tell me later oh my god i mean i can say it on the now, because we can cut it out. Yeah. It's Rob DeLore. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, kid, the kid went to Harvard, though, so Aww. we'll give him a break. I love that kid. That's funny. That's it's endearing. So funny. That's, That's really endearing. And he's actually. really nice to women. Yeah. <laughs> really nice to women. Genuinely After nice seeing that video, women. he was like, look, y'all go through hell. Um, mm-hmm. Let me just go ahead and be nice. <laughs> can we talk about the uh, sex talk 
like the classic sex talk in America yeah. and how fucked up it is. Your mom didn't talk to you about no, it. Nothing. nothing. There was nothing, nothing no. at all. What happened was um, I had started my period and they had sent me home with the pamphlet and stuff saying that there was going to be a sex education talk thing. But they gave us a book so that, you know, if you wanted to have the talk with your kids first, they had like a guided talk that you can do with your kid. And what was that? I had already looked through the book, right? And basically what it was is it was explaining like what it actually means and like you're not hurt. It's just that you have a menstrual cycle and that the lining of your uterus is doing this and it's a beautiful thing. Like it was really well written, you know what I mean? And I'm asking my mom questions and she got frustrated and said, I'll just sign off for you to learn this shit at school. And that was it. And I basically have been neandering through sexual education my whole life because I never really had the guidance you know what I mean like I never had what the norm is for sex but we never had any sex talk in our family we're catholic our father died when we were young I was 12 our mom did get fucked for 11 years. Our, yeah, our mom did date for 11 years after her father died. Sorry. My mom still does not Please don't put that on the podcast. I don't um, want to think about my mother having sex. So we, <laughs> we never had any talk. There was absolutely, absolutely nothing. Yeah. I had a boyfriend when I was 19, and the only sex talk I had with my mom was I said, I want to go on birth control. And she said, okay. Yeah, she no. bought me condoms. When I really? was in college. She went to Target. She Were you like, Target. Mom, buy me Magnums? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was. She bought me Magnums from Target. I had, had a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend for two years. She obviously knew we were having sex. She asked me if I needed anything from Target. And I think I was like, shampoo. Oh, and can you get condoms for me? And Because it was like back to college run. Yeah. Like, she was getting me tied. Yeah. She like, Mom, I'm about to crush some huge dick. Is she her only, Magnums? Her only thing was don't get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Which which is back again to the sex talk. Yeah. We'll like, go back to what that is. I was but say I didn't have it. The fact that they start a sex talk with people who aren't ready to have sex though either. No, no, no. But little kids should learn about sex. Like I think making our bodies these like mysterious, shameful things that we do in society isn't healthy. But also why do we jump right to intercourse and babies like why do we go straight to reproductive reproductive the reproductive aspect of it because sex and our bodies and our pleasure centers it's all integrated and interrelated but if i'm 10 and you're telling me that a dick is gonna go in me and then a baby's gonna come out of it and that's my first introduction to my body and And the only way to guarantee not having that baby is abstinence (laughs) is also (laughs) fucked up and weird or here are all the diseases you can get oh yeah that was people what are you trying to do to kids like you should be like okay so there's this thing called masturbation right if you touch your body for some people it feels good yeah dude the corner of my coffee table growing up was my best friend. Ah. <laughs> Little kids are already rubbing the ah. shit on things. Tell them that's okay. Tell them it's something that you do in private. Tell them they don't touch other people's... Without their permission. Right. That's yeah. your sp- area that right. you have reign over. Like That to me is a much more G-rated, family-oriented way to introduce a child. Right. Don't let people touch you. Yeah. Don't touch anyone without their permission. Right, exactly. I think it's like we have this crazy way of thinking of what is supposed to happen within the family structure and then what's supposed to happen in 
the school, right? So and the way that it was brought to my attention was almost the same way that it was brought when I was going to church. It was just like, this is something that married people do. So you don't do it. And to hell with anything else that there is about it. It's literally for reproduction. That's it. And it's like you said, if you teach children the different stages of it, because there are stages of it, you know what I mean? And at 10 and 11 years old, you're in one stage. That's why you're rubbing up against every goddamn thing. That's why, (laughs) you know, that teddy bear was your favorite teddy bear or whatever it is, you know? So teach them in the stages in which it is occurring Mm -hmm. and then open it up just like you would anything to a kid. You know what I mean? Like I had to explain to my nephew today what the hell a fibroid was, but he's only like 13 years old. So I don't know what freaks him out and what doesn't yet. So I'm talking to him in layers to let him know Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is what it is. He understands what tumors are. I can tell him that and I can you know, kind of layer it. Break it a down. Way. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, it's like math. You don't yeah. jump into calculus yeah. with a kindergartner. Right. You got to start with we your ABCs, one, physics. two, threes. Yeah, right. exactly. This is your body, yeah. your body. Let's right. talk about your body. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll, then we'll include another person in the conversation. Right. But like you said, it's all about marriage. It's all about making it about reproduction. Right. And reproduction is so political right now. Right. It's insanely political. When you hear how many single-issue voters there are yeah. that are voting for shit stains like Ted Cruz. <laughs> He's such a shit stain. <laughs> right? That that single issue is not climate change. It's not even health care. For so many people, and evangelicals across the board, it's about abortion, and it's about controlling women's reproduction. That's because they look at women as factories. They don't look at women as people who are going through the shit because if any of these white males got pregnant, they would understand what dumb shit they're saying. Right. And why it's so ridiculous because you can't tell me what I can and cannot do with my fucking body. And it's dangerous. Hell it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And it's extremely expensive. I don't know if you dealt with this, but I had something recently where I thought my IUD had been misplaced. I was having terrible back pains. And I feel like when you have things going on inside your body where you can't see them, you just jump from A to Z thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. Because people do die. That one story of someone getting their IUD lodged up in them ends in fatality sometimes. So... My personal experience, essentially, I needed help, and I called up my gynecologist, my OBGYN, and said, hey, something's not right. I'm bleeding. My period's irregular. My back just gave out, and I fell to my knees. What do I do? And And just to interject, Alex has a good job and good health insurance. I do. And my my health insurance covered getting the IUD, which is a $700 operation. I was able to get that for free, which I was like, Thanks, wow. Yeah, and I got, I went on birth control as a joke in 2017 saying, well, I want to get a non-hormonal IUD. It lasts 10 years, at least two Trump terms, right? Like, who knows what's going to happen? Right after he won in 2017, I was like, before this shit becomes illegal, let's get it up in me right because you can take it out yeah i can take it out and if i ever did want to have a kid i can take it out and i don't have hormones and i could probably get pregnant but you gross <laughs> i can't think of that <laughs> you gross <laughs> you know i called my OBGYN though and she essentially 
told me you can go to urgent care, but if you go to the emergency room or urgent care, they can take out an IUD, but they can't adjust it for you. So in my head, it's like, well, do I want to give up a $700 IUD that my new insurance may not cover? And it's fucking painful to get it inserted. As well. Right. Like, and it, your period's really irregular for what? It a year? sucks. Yeah. You'd have like 20 at least days a year. of bleeding. Yeah. A 20 day period. It's terrible. Wow. And I'm finally at this point where for the most part, it's okay. Um, two years later. Yeah. Two years later. But it was a pain in the ass. So you don't want to get it taken out and then have to put another one in. No. That just wasn't an option. I just had to, to go through that again. No, not an option. And I just, you know, I would have been really pissed off if it ended up being nothing. And you're like, great. They took out my IUD for nothing. Right. Or wouldn't adjust it for me or whatever. So eventually, I found out weeks later, because I scheduled an appointment with my OBGYN, and it took from September 25th to November 6th wow. to get an appointment, to get an ultrasound to see if it was in place. I had them check just... So you had five weeks of like, I hope this doesn't kill me right. before someone in, can look at it. I went into one women's care center and she checked it with her hands and was like the strings in place you should be fine and i'm like okay but i can't walk and i'm bleeding and i'm going through super tampons and two hours right through my pants through my jeans but planned parenthood was like the one place that yeah could help you but again my insurance didn't cover insurance her insurance didn't cover the er wouldn't help her the urgent care wouldn't help her. She couldn't get in to see her OBGYN in Los Angeles for five or six weeks because they were booked up. Planned Parenthood could get her in, but her health insurance refused to cover Planned Parenthood helping her. Wow. So finally, November 6th, I get an appointment to get an ultrasound. Right. And they're like, it's in place. It's fine. But you've just passed a cyst, it looks like. Oh, wow. And so it's like, that took me six weeks to find that out. And it's like, why are options spending a ton of money or not getting the help we need? Right. And I think we live in this culture right now where we don't have enough people who are informed about women's health and how dangerous it is to have things going on in your lady parts and how they are fatal. You yourself are going through the oh, runaround right now. Yo, do you want me to tell the whole tell story? Tell it up. All right. So that's horrible, first and foremost, that they gave you that runaround for something that Simple. We know for a fact that IUDs can cause super detrimental side effects or fatality. Like, we know that for a fucking fact. There is no runaround about it. It doesn't matter. They're so they should have taken it. Yeah, right. They should have taken it way more serious than let me let you wait six weeks out. Like, that's bullshit. Isn't it interesting, too, they're the they're potentially dangerous and can get dislodged or moved and we can't get help checking them, but they're also the best shot we have at controlling our futures in our lives. Hmm. But how the help we get with IUDs is getting them removed. Right. So we re- we take away people's birth control, and that's their only option of to live, help. maybe. Yeah. To possibly live. This wild. Or if you have all the money in the world, it's fine. Yeah. Because you can just get it taken out. You know you're fine, and then you can just if your insurance doesn't cover it, you just pay eight hundred bucks to get a new one. Right. And it's just like no big done deal. and done. Yeah. But we're, I mean, Alex is 25 years old and has student loans. $800 is like. Shit, without student loans, $800 yeah. is a lot. And the thing is, is if <laughs> someone can't come up with $800 to get an IUD, do you think they're ready to be a fucking mother? Right. <laughs> That's the thing. It's people like, I don't want to pay for birth control. It's like, well, if someone doesn't have enough money to, to afford, afford birth, birth control, control. They can't afford a kid. They can't afford a fucking kid. Condoms are expensive, too. We don't have enough education on 
why you need to be careful, period. Beyond any type of contraceptive, we need to just be super cautious about our bodies because there's a whole bunch of shit that couldn't possibly happen. And if they're willing to let you wait six weeks for an IUD to get checked with an ultrasound, an ultrasound's hella simple. Hella yeah. simple. All they have to do is put goop on you and then go with the sonar and it's done. They'll you know do it for mean? you if you're pregnant, but not if you have an IUD problem. Right. It's wild. So when did you first find out that you, what were your side effects that led you oh. to believe that something was wrong? Oh, let me tell you. So tell the me. full story is um, something's been wrong for like two years. Been wrong. With your lady parts. With my lady parts. Been wrong. And I was attributing it to other things because I've always been athletic. So I've always had irregular periods. I've always had heavy periods. I've always had long periods. That's been my whole life since I got my first period at 10, 11 years old. I also want to point out, if you haven't met Danielle, she is a goddess beast of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and Beyonce she could kick vibes. Beyonce vibes. And she could kick all of your asses. Oh. Like, I don't even know who's listening to this, but Danielle could kick your ass. Oh, that's so sweet. I want you to kick her ass. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. When I used to lift weights, that was like the big thing. Like, we got to go watch Danielle lift it with her legs. Because <laughs> I was doing like a thousand pounds on the leg press and shit. And people like, Shut oh up. my God. Danielle, when you get better, yeah. will you leg press me? I will. I'll squat you, leg press press you bench press whatever you want that'll be your physical therapy that would be the phys- exactly exactly but yeah, yeah so for like two or three years almost three years there's been something going on but attributing it to other things and i think that's the first step in being a woman that is like a detriment because we work so hard we do all these things but sometimes we're so quick to jump to it's something else you know what i mean like i thought i wasn't getting enough sleep so I was like, all right, well, I need to get more sleep. Well, it comes into women not wanting to look weak yeah, or people too. assuming we're weak in some way. So yeah. you fight through a lot of the aches and pains oh, because yeah. you don't want to complain. Or True. it being expensive True. and facing the reality that you might have something wrong with you means you have to take care of it. And I knew something was wrong, but the fear of figuring out what that was, was a reason mm-hmm. for me not to go. Because I was like, back. yo, okay. Okay, something's wrong. If it's something horrible, do I really want to know about it? Or do I want to live happily and just die? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, I mean, perturbed thinking. And it really comes from my upbringing. Because we, I mean, we're healthy people. Like, I don't get colds. I don't, nothing. Like, I'm super dumb healthy. My mom made sure she fed me, like, one of those country gals who ate, like, two whole ox. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just hella healthy. But it wasn't until, like, the end of September of this year. And what happened was all of um, August, I was really, really, really tired. I mean, like exhausted to the point where I was like, what is going on? Because I can't, I'm weak. And I know that's a red flag because I'm strong as shit. Like we said, you know what I mean? Like I could punch holes through walls. I can kick people to out of space. She's a superhero. <laughs> so like all We had August, to pull some strings together. You're so funny. <laughs> she flew here. Yeah, I did. Then we just, we flashed the bat movie, uh, the, the bat signal. signal the yeah, exactly. It's just like She's one here. big ass ovary. You yeah, know, yeah. Just on the way. But um, all of August I was exhausted, tired and weak, right? And then... My period was late in September, and it was heavy, which is normally heavy, but then it would not stop. 
And then what would happen would be like one day it would go lighter. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's on its way out. Mm-hmm. But then by the end of the day, going into nighttime, it was just like full force, right? And I'm like, this is so strange. Like I had something similar like this happen the year previous, but I passed like a huge blood clot. And I thought like, oh, okay, well, maybe it was just the blood clot trying to get out. I'm good, right? Not knowing that all these are problematic signs. These are all signs that something's really wrong. You know what I mean? Like... Come on, dog. What what else do you need me to do? You need me to like, you know, bleed out, your, bleed out. out your ears or your nose. You know what like, I mean? Like that's yeah. what's so fucked up and crazy though. Is like we have this thing that happens to us that you think you're dying, but it happens every month. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if you didn't know it was happening, and all of a sudden you just start bleeding out of some orifice in your body for days. I always think-, think about that in really small cultures. <laughs> Where that's, you're not taught that you're going to become a woman and bleed. How right. terrifying would that be to wake up one day and you're just, yeah, your blood bed's everywhere. covered in blood? Yeah. Imagine that coming out of your ears, your nose, or your anywhere. Anywhere. dick hole. Anywhere. Anywhere you can't see inside is not a good sign. That you're right. bleeding out. Yeah, but right. it's just part of our lives. So how many days did you bleed for? Uh, 20 days. Oh, it was 20 days Shit. straight. Just, I mean, heavy period. So what ended up happening was, um, I was taking classes over at Glendale Community and I was sitting in class and I like I layered up because I was like, you know, I've been bleeding or whatever. And the day previous I had went and jumped on a trampoline. <laughs> this is I mean yeah, As you do. Like, yeah. Wait, wait, when you're when people talk about you as a goddess, they'll be like, She bled twenty days and twenty nights. <laughs> jumped on a trampoline. Yeah, so the trampoline jumping was I went with my best friend to, you know, go have fun. But I was like <laughs> Super exhausted. Danielle's 31. Yeah, I am 31. I act like a, a seven-year-old. I'm reliving my youth right now. But um, yeah, I was super exhausted and like fatigued and all this stuff. And I was like, damn, I'm out of shape. I'm fat. Let me go sit my butt down. But I was bleeding then. But then I told my best friend, like, if this is still happening in a couple of days, I'm going to have to go see somebody. So anyway, the next day I go to class and I'm sitting there again. I'm like layered up, right? I wear like three or four shorts and like some pants just crazy right and then I have like a super heavy tampon in and um it started at about 8 30 in the morning and did not stop until about 12 o'clock in the afternoon and during that I had a panic attack and I was like whoa what the hell like my body literally just was like listen we this is the only way we're going to get your attention we're going to have you have a panic attack and that's exactly what happened so I was like freaking out and I went to urgent care and he told me off the break and I went in Glendale which is like a predominantly white neighborhood but like people with money live in Glendale whatever so I go to this urgent care that the school told me to go to because I went and saw the nurse and he's like listen I don't want to waste your time but you need to go to the ER like right now he said we don't have ultrasound machines and if I put you on a hormone or like birth control something like that I'm sure it would stop the bleeding, but we would not figure out what's going on with you. And you need to know what's wrong because you've been bleeding for way too long, right? So I was like, okay, do you have any recommendations? He said, go to Glendale Adventist because they have no line <laughs> at the... Um, That's not a good sign. <laughs> at the uh, emergency room. Yeah, I mean... Is it like the same as a restaurant? If there's a lot of people eating there, you know it's good versus a hospital. They're like, that hospital's empty. They'll take you right away. Right. It's so funny. I mean, it it really depends on your need. You'll leave with someone else's heart. Yeah. But there's no line. Right. There's no line. No, just like, but you know what? What it comes down to, because I've lived in big city, you know, and I've been to other ERs in Chicago Mm -hmm. or in Detroit or somewhere like that. 
and it's just way too many people per capita. So you go in there and you risk dying because you can't get seen in time. Like there was these horrific videos and pictures of people just croaking. It's sitting, waiting in emergency rooms in the inner city because it's just way too many people. They can't get to the other emergency rooms. A, they don't have any transportation to get there. B, they don't. They probably don't even know it exists. You know what I mean? The only thing they know is their neighborhood. So anyway, I go to Glendale Adventist, and I'm I'm a happy person. So I'm in there cracking jokes and stuff like that. I'm like, all right. So what y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna like give me a high five, a hug, and send me home, or what? Right? And the nurses are like, no, we're about to take blood so that we can see what's going on. We're gonna do two ultrasounds on you, one on top, one inside, because we need to see what's going on, and you're going to need a blood transfusion because your hemoglobin is critically low. Because you've been ble- bleeding. You've yeah. been bleeding and out. you're anemic. Yeah, and, and I found out that I'm actually anemic, mm-hmm. not just saying like, oh, yeah, well, I'm borderline anemic. I've been saying that for years. And it's like, no, baby, you are actually anemic, you know. So I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get a blood transfusion? Oh, this is going to be wild. All right, well, y'all go ahead and do what y'all need to do. And I'm still thinking I'm going home. Like, no, no, no. We're admitting you to the hospital. I'm like, oh, shit, really? They're like, yeah. Um, so anyway, long story short, three blood transfusions and two ultrasounds what? later. Yeah, they found out that I have five fibroids, one in which was six inches when they did the initial ultrasound. In size? Yeah. That's what the, that's what one other the measurement would six inches be? <laughs> which by the way, African-American women are three times as likely to have fibroids. Yep, that don't pass. African-American women are also far more likely to die in maternity-related deaths. Yep. Serena Williams insisted on getting an ultrasound on her legs because she knew something was wrong, right? Right. She repeatedly told her doctors and they ignored her, and Mm. she insisted and ended up saving her life. I believe it. The sad thing about the medical everything is that black folks are not taken seriously. I don't know what it is. It's like... It doesn't matter if you're a black woman or a black man. If you go and tell the doctor something's wrong, they're going to send you home with pain medicine and tell you to get over it. Yeah. I know people right now who have had the most critical things going on with them from aneurysms on down and just got sent home with pain medicine. Well, the New York Times just did a study about that in the last few months about how uneducated white women get better treatment in hospitals for female-related procedures than African-American women who are educated. Yeah, I believe it. So you found out you had fibroids. Right. The biggest one was six inches. The other ones were right behind it. So it's like six inches, four inches, four inches, three inches. That's a baby. Three inches. Oh, yeah. That's so, the length of a baby. Yeah. So they, How much do they all weigh? Um, all together, it's about 15 to 20 pounds. So it's two babies. You have twins. I have twins going. And... <laughs> They Shit. said that my uterus is actually the size of a woman who is five months pregnant because of it, right? And the craziest part of all of this is that prior to all of this shit happening this year, I, I go and talk to a physician every year for my yearly checkup. And I had been saying for the last, I don't know, maybe three years, four years. Because those didn't grow overnight. Oh, no. Those didn't start no. growing last year. Hell no. Those things have been growing. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time that I brought it up, I actually was at a Planned Parenthood, and I told the woman, the nurse practitioner, hey, can you check this out? Because it's hard on the one side. So 
something's not right. And she told me, oh, well, it's probably stress. And I'm like, what? Stress? Really? That's what you're coming up with? I knew it was something more. So it was just crazy, crazy going through all that. But anyway, when they sent me home, because what they had to do was an emergency DNC, um, which for those listening who don't know what a DNC is, it's the same procedure that they do for an abortion where they actually scrape the walls of the uterus. It stands for dilation in cuterage. So they dilate your uterus as if you were having a baby. Right. And then they take out everything that's in your uterus. Exactly. They clean it out. Right. So they did this. Miscarriage also used DNC. And this is also the procedure that Mitch McConnell and all the goons in Congress are trying to make illegal in a lot of places. Yeah. Even though it's not just used for abortion, it's used for all sorts of medical maladies that women face exactly so in my case what they did they did the dnc so they can stop the bleeding because my body was literally having a period because it was thinking like something was going on we gotta get all the shit out of here yeah the fibroids yeah we don't know what the hell this is we're just trying to you know pump it out so to do the dnc basically neutralizes that whole process and then they put me on birth control so that my body can just be like, okay, bitch, you're pregnant. Right. Right? So... Birth control releases hormones in women's bodies that make us think we're already pregnant. Exactly. Which is what keeps a fertilized ovum from attaching to the uterine wall, blah, 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 right, blah. Right, right. Look at you. Look I'm at just you. educating people. I, some people don't Ooh, know this you shit. Edumacated. Ooh, education on that girl. We talk about these things because we, in a ways that we assume people know. True. But they don't. But they don't. Sure. And they need to be talked about in very human terms, in terms that everyday women use them. And we talk sure. to each other about these things. Yeah. We talk and to men. doctors. And men as well. Like, men, anyone who's had a girlfriend or been around a woman <laughs> in a couple <laughs> of weeks, ever. So none of the Republican party. <laughs> Actually, exactly. No one who's Republican knows what the fuck we're talking about. That's a huge part of the problem in our politics today, is that the conversations have been perverted. Right. The conversations have been taken over. Right. They've given names to things. You know, Social Security isn't called Social Security. Rush Limbaugh made it entitlements. Mm. And it's the way that they changed the language. Doctor the language. Doctor the language. Doctor the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, women's reproductive rights have been boiled down to abortion and baby parts. Exactly. So we need to take this back and talk about it in very... The gray area that's... Life shouldn't be so gray. The gray area where everyone lives, where 99% of women live. Exactly. It's always the extremes, right? So it's either, like you said, abortion or... What else you'd say? Baby parts. Baby parts. The baby parts. Baby parts. (laughs) It's like... Why, why does everything have to be so black and white and extreme? I think if people educate themselves into learning about how the female body actually works, I'm it's blaming not it on complicated. It is. I'm blaming it on Christianity. Don't ask, don't tell. Sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, the rug's 20 feet high. Should we address everything that's underneath? <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for too long. Yeah, you're right. It's just like a huge pile of crap under the carpet. And, and that's no what Trump is. Trump it. is a giant pile of crap under a carpet. He is the elephant <laughs> under the carpet. And it's like, we have to address this We have to now. deal with it. Because yeah. if we don't... It's like climate change. It's like how huh. much longer... We literally don't have that much longer to deal with it. Exactly. Before too many people No, it's die. dealing with us. Yeah. So <laughs> with dealing with your shit, you were in the hospital, you, you were admitted, you stayed overnight for oh no i stayed for four days and then they did the surgery then they put me on birth control but the crazy thing about this whole experience is that the month of october i was bedridden i can only do like a couple of things my right leg swole up 
And then they did like this. From the hormones. Yeah, from the hormones. And then I think the fibroids were fighting back because what was supposed to happen with the hormonal treatment was that it was supposed to shrink the fibroids so that when I do go get the surgery, they're not, it's not as invasive. It's not, they're not as big. Well, they grew. So, so from, the- from the hormonal treatment. Yeah. And I mean, le- legs swole up, couldn't walk. Um, I remember that. Stomach pains to the point where. I mean, I was literally brought to my knees like how you were when your back went out. You know what I mean? And that was for two weeks straight. And every time I went back to the doctor, all they wanted to do was give me pain medicine and send me home. They would do the ultrasound to make sure it wasn't DVT, which is deep vein uh, thrombosis, which is basically a blood clot that's deep rooted into the vein that can move at any given time. They wanted to make sure it wasn't that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is... You have to get mad to get what you want. That's right. And it's going in and yelling at doctors. Right. I, something's not right. Right. I need you to take me more seriously. Making, putting up a stink. Yeah, exactly. We weren't joking. So when Danielle was in the hospital a few weeks ago, um, when she got discharged, she stayed with me for a week. But Alex and I went to go see her right before they let you out. And we kind of said it jokingly, but we were like, if you need any white women to speak to the manager, let us know. Straight up. <laughs> because it's true. It's We know, and white people, unfortunately, still have that privilege. Use it for fucking good. Right. You're going to ask to speak to the manager. Make a stink. Make a stink on the behalf of people that fucking need it. That's right. If you're going to call the cops, call the cops on the bitch being racist and yelling at the immigrants. Right. Don't call the cops on the little girl, black girl in the corner selling lemonade. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I want to speak to the fucking manager on behalf of you right. for being a racist <laughs> piece of shit. Right. Yeah. Or not doing what the hell your job entitles you to do. You were yelling at the doctors, Danielle. Well, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, because at this point, literally what ended up happening, I got, I went to the hospital, like I sent home. I went to the hospital, got sent home. Went to the hospital, got sent home. And on the last time, I literally was home for maybe two days. And then I start bleeding like crazy. I mean, 10 times the amount that I was in September. And I mean, I'm passing these massive blood clots that look like they could have been human beings. Okay. Oh and I'm sending pictures to my mom because she's like, you know, keep me abreast of what's happening. It's my mom or whatever, you know. And she's like crying. She literally calls me crying and was like, you need to go back to the hospital. I don't know what this is or what it's trying to do, but it's trying to take you out. Can you say what you explained to the doctor what it felt like? Oh, yeah. So, like, if Predator and Freddy Krueger were having a party in my stomach and trying to get out, you know? (laughs) Or the other analogy that I used was, if you've ever seen the movie Alien, it's that scene where the woman's in the backseat of the cab and you see her stomach moving around. And then next thing you know, Alien is, like, popping out of her, like, ripping out of her stomach. That's what I was feeling. (laughs) And my pain tolerance is hella high. Yo, Danielle, it's just stress. Oh, yeah. It's just stress, baby. That's all it is. What? Well, take a fucking Advil and man up. Yeah. Drink some water. What's wrong with you? And go take a nap. <laughs> like, So finally, they're like, okay, well, I, we're glad that you came in. I couldn't even sit down because I would literally be sitting in a pool of blood, right? And I brought all of the soiled everything. I, I literally, this is gross. I was laying down. And the pain was just, it was going. And when the bleeding started, it started at 7.30 a.m. I'll never forget because I looked at the phone and said, okay, if I could just lay here for an hour and get some type of rest, then I feel like I would be better suited to deal with this shit, right? 
Because mentally I'm tired. I've been dealing with this shit for over two months. And back to back. you went through a breakup. Oh, yeah. That, that was, year. Yeah. And like living situation change. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about Voldemort on the pole. <laughs> no, we don't have to get into it. I'm just saying like. No, like there's so much shit going it, on. This is on top of other life, life factors. Life changing shitty things that yeah. we all have to deal with that are all piling up at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to set the scene, I mean, there was a lot of shit happening on top of this. So it's like, I'm at my limit. This is it. This is the cusp. Let me die now. Because oh. I literally was feeling like there's nothing else. There's nothing else that I can possibly do because these people don't believe how much pain I'm in. And then they looked at me sideways the last time I was there as if I was coming there for pain medicine. Why the fuck would I come to you for the weakest pain medicine that y'all giving me? Yeah, I can go that to I can't even sell on the streets. What the fuck is that? What do, what do you think am I trying to do? If I'm and here's the crazy thing because my cousin is like a doctor. She said if you ever want to go get pain medicine, go act like you have a fucking back problem because they can't prove it. There's nothing that you can do to prove a back problem. Like oh oh, I blew something out my back. <laughs> or just say you're depressed and they'll give you a ton of. Like Xanax and everything yeah. else, you know what I mean? But anyway, um, I laid there at 7.30 and literally I felt it. It was almost like a release. And a whole sheet was blood. Get the fuck out. It looked like I, I was killed. That's what it looked like. Like somebody came in and shanked me. Like the scene in Carrie? Yeah, like the scene in Carrie. Yeah, exactly. If I had to describe it any way, yeah. It was like that. And then I'm like trying to get up and like hold myself together so that I can go to the bathroom. And then that's when the blood clots just started coming out like crazy. And man, I took all kinds of pictures of that stuff. It was ridiculous. I saw one. I saw yeah. one vouch for it. Yeah, it was disgusting. It looked like a dead hairless rodent. Yeah. Just big. Yeah. I'm pretty gross and it grossed me out. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went to the hospital that time, it was just like, oh, well, throw, a, throw her in a diaper and let's babysit her. And make sure she doesn't bleed out on our watch, you know. Give you more blood. Give me everything, you know, at that point. And they're picking and prying at me. And that's the other part that gets tiring. I have, like, scars on my arms and hands from where they have been taking blood or putting IVs in me. So at this point, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I have, like, little pricks on my fingers if I'm diabetic from where they're checking my freaking blood sugar. It's just exhausting. But at any point, did you feel like no one really knew and wasn't in any urgency to find out? I feel like they knew, and there was no urgency to to fix the shit. It's like, y'all know that I have fibroids. I've been coming to the same hospital. It's not like I've been going all around town trying to find different... No, no. I've intentionally come to the same place... So y'all can know my name and so that you can know my face. Yeah. And so you can know my file. So there's no hidden dilemma here. It's back in the end of September, she came in, we found five fibroids, and that's what's causing the shit. How come nobody's pushing the agenda of, all right, well, let's get this out of her because obviously it's been two months of her bleeding and you know just you're like look i know the doctor's on a first name basis i do (laughs) and then one of the doctors he came and he was like oh my god what are you doing back i'm like oh my god why won't you do the fucking surgery already like what are you guys waiting on i'm gonna keep knocking on your door yeah that's it it's like they don't want to help you until it's at the point of a lawsuit right because at a certain point of this whole thing there was so much apathy where people just kind of were like 
oh, well, whatever. I'm just a number. I'm just another person that they can rely on to get a check from. You know what I mean? So long story short. Not if you die. Yo, exactly. <laughs> That's why they was trying no to keep me No one's getting alive. paid yeah. if I die. Put me in a diaper and babysit me yeah. so that we can get as much money out of this situation as possible. Put Judge Judy on my fucking TV. <laughs> Elevate my feet. Right. Exactly. Give me a fucking ultrasound. There or you surgery. Go. Or yeah. I, I mean, I've had more ultrasounds than a pregnant lady at this point. And it's crazy because now they're trying to give me hell for my insurance because I got insurance through Obamacare. Ooh, Obamacare. And I have Obamacare as well. It was wild because... I went from the emergency room straight to a surgeon when it first all happened, right? So it's supposed to be like the surgeon has the last say. Well, now they're like, well, we need authorization from your primary. Well, I don't have a primary, obviously. Cause I'll be I, your primary. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll be your boo. Oh, appreciate y'all. I ended up going to see the primary. He was so freaked out. He's like, I don't understand why they're making this longer than what it has to be. He didn't even do a full examination where, you know, you go in with the crazy, whatever those things are called, the clasp that open you up and all that stuff like that. He didn't do any of that. He literally just felt on my pelvic area. And that was enough. And that was enough for him to be freaked out. He was like, oh my God, these things are huge. He was like, you're like almost six months pregnant. I said, yeah. They what? just, I don't understand why they're not moving fast. He Taking said, it. More seriously, exactly. I got worried when we were leaving the hospital to see you. Two guys were painting the ceiling, but along the back wall, right when you get off the three bay of elevators, uh, there's a dog tip. There's a po- there's a podcast dog who's coming for <laughs> podcast pets. Podcast pets sponsored by dog care. <laughs> this whole podcast. Uh, when we, we right when you get off on your floor on the three bays of elevators, you see this facing wall with a Bible quote on it. Mm-hmm. And oh, that made me nervous as a secularist because it, it was, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. And that's a scary thing to read in a hospital. Right. Because you're a fucking hospital. Right. <laughs> and you guys are doctors and you have medicine and this is modern medicine. Science. And you're telling me to put my faith in the Lord? Right. I and remember, that'll uphold me? I remember when you came in, you were like, listen, is this a Catholic uh, hospital or something? And I was like, uh, no, this seven-day Adventist. Okay, are they on that Christianity shit, like, tough or what? Do we need to get you into another hospital? Because uh, I just saw a scripture on the wall, and I'm not fucking <laughs> yeah, with it. Allie's like, do we need to bail you out of here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, because you hear stories all the time about Catholic hospitals not wanting to... Do the procedures, do the that, are procedures that are necessary to save women's lives because... Yeah. It goes against the, the greater good of God and the... Catholic Catholicism is just against abortion. Right. And it's like, but you're also a doctor. So that whole, like, Christianity, religious seesaw. Seesaw and balance. To me, I'm just like, let's just fucking help people. Right. Because you have a Hippocratic oath and you're a doctor. And right. your arms and hands and you shouldn't be constrained by the law. You know what I mean? By God's law. Right. Quote, air quote, right. God's, God's law. law. Some old made up ass fairy tale that somebody came up with. I mean, if we're going to follow the biblical teachings of the Bible when it comes to women's menstruation, we should be sacrificing a dove every time we menstruate. 
<laughs> right? It, it's in, I think, Leviticus. Dude, that would be so tight. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I mean, animal sacrifice every time we... But a month dove month. is majestic as hell. I'm going to start doing one? that, so, you know. Why don't you just go get a pigeon from downtown? <laughs> pigeons are nasty, Danielle. Doves are pigeons. Yeah, you know they're, that, right? They're just white pigeons. Oh my god, am I a pigeon <laughs> racist? <laughs> yes, you are. You have uh, prejudice against I'm a, pigeons. I'm a pigeon. I'm a pigeon supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, long story short, you know, I have to go get this surgery. I had to go through all the bells and whistles in order to make it happen. So and you could probably have a fat bill now. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care about that. Yeah, you're you alive. When, yeah, you get paid when you get paid. Yeah. It's like, y'all not going to get paid if I'm not alive. Because I damn sure made it seem like I had absolutely no family and nothing like that when I signed up for everything. There is Wait, so what else. about, so Obamacare, you have Obamacare and they were giving you a hard time about getting a recommendation from your primary care doctor. Right. Which you, is it only because you had Obamacare that they made a big deal about it? It's because I didn't have a primary already signed up. The primary their, has to sign off on. Right. And it has to be in their jurisdiction gotcha. of doctors, like their pool of doctors. Right. So you're the, here are the two yeah. fucked up things. is You shouldn't have to worry about cost when you're going to get your life saved. Right. Right. Because you really will tell them to do anything right. that right. they need it, to You do. shouldn't have to fucking worry about that right. when you're sick on top of everything else, how you're going to pay for it. And then the other thing is this in-network shit where you... You went to the closest urgent care. That urgent care told you where to go to the hospital. Now you're at the hospital. You're talking to that surgeon, right? Now you have to find out maybe that hospital or surgeon isn't in your network. Now right. your insurance won't cover it, right. blah, blah, whatever. And it's like, let me just go to the fucking hospital close to me. Right. It's like I think, too, you mentioned, Danielle, that you Ubered to the hospital. And I think that's really clever as Uber is becoming the new ambulance because getting an ambulance it's ride 600 is... 600 bucks. Yeah. On the low Beast. end. On the low end. They yeah. throw those lights and on. Like, it's well, like 724, right. so I'm going to take that. Exactly. Yeah. And on top of that, What it's a pressure like, on Uber drivers, though. I mean, I didn't... <laughs> you have a guy in the backseat with a broken arm. Yeah, exactly. And he's freaking out, and you're like, oh, shit, I'm dropping you off where? Okay. Or, or a chick in the backseat who's bleeding. Well, <laughs> it was interesting because my Uber driver was super supportive because I didn't tell him what was happening. He just saw that I was in pain. And he was like, I don't want to ask, are you going to be okay? You know, like, I don't want to, you know, get into your business or anything like that. And I told him what was happening, and he did a prayer for me. Did you give him five stars? I gave him five stars. Yeah, that was my repayment. That and a tip of 15%, you know, trying to make sure that he's looked after. But it was so amazing how much that kind of changed my perspective going into the emergency room because it was somebody who had compassion for me that dropped me off. You know what I mean? But yeah, shout out to all the Uber and Lyft drivers that's actually making a difference out there as opposed to the asshole ones that want to look at you crazy or have the car smell like crap (laughs) when you get in there. Shit be dirty. But yeah, no, it it was crazy. Yeah, cheap to, and accessible, and it's a good option absolutely. for people that don't want to spend six hundred dollars at least on a. But the surgery's approved. The surgery is happening this week. It's on Saturday. On Saturday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just trying to wrap my mind around this whole thing because I'm a I own my own business, so if I don't work, I don't eat. So I've been really trying to stay positive. And not positive in the sense of that hokey pokey bullshit of, oh, positive thinking, ah. No, I'm talking about stay positive, like stay true to self, stay on course for what I want, my desires, and all those things like that. And I think if there's any woman listening to this podcast that's going through something similar where she's going to be knocked off that horse, understand that it's only 
temporary. It's always temporary. Everything in this life is temporary. Every goddamn thing in this life is temporary. And I would so much rather have a scar and be fine than to continue to go through this bullshit and not be fine. You know, risking life. Because that's really what it comes down to. You can say the same about relationships. Oh, yeah. Leave his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of our motto here um, is leave him. But that's also a message for men. It is a message it's for not men. not gender specific. It's yeah. a life philosophy. There you go. Oh, leave him. Leave him. <laughs> it's more like leave um versus leave, um. leave him. But someone's not appreciating you. Leave I also want to say... Just since I have, you know, a little platform to say it on, is that Allie and Alex are literally my guardian angels. Period. Aww. Beyond this whole health shit, I remember the first time that we hung out. Wait, I have to interject and say it was at a snack table. At Danielle, a party. At a party, Danielle and I were hanging out by the snack table. Yes. And that's where we met. Yes, that's where we met. Absolutely. That was at Antonio's house yep. Hell yeah. for his holiday slash housewarming party. And we just clicked. But I remember the time that you guys invited me and Voldemort to your house, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, so check it. Me and Voldemort came over and hung out, right? And I remember feeling like I don't know how to act in this type of environment because he and I never go hang out with people together, right? It was almost like, I don't know. It's almost like he didn't want to take me around people. And I damn sure don't want to bring him around my folks because <laughs> everybody who ever met him was just like, yo, you can do better. I'm like, chill, God. Don't say that in front of him. Like, you know, because, you know, you try to respect the person that you're with or whatever. So anyway, we hung out together. And then I think it was a, a separate time where it was just us. It was me, Allie, and Alex, right? And I don't know what it was about that first interaction with Voldemort. But Allie came back and told me, like, if you ever just need to be somewhere and not be with him, if you need a place to go, you let me know because I have a room for you. And I was just so taken aback because I was like, well, shit, what did she feel? Like, was there some <laughs> energy that she felt? I don't remember saying that. Yo, it was so, and it was so straight assertive. Up, you know what I mean? Just straight up. It was just like, if you ever just don't want to be around him, you can come here. Don't ever feel like you don't have a place to go because you always have a place to go. And when I was going through my shit with him, I remembered that. And I remembered that I wasn't ever going to be like on the bottom side of that situation if I left. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that, that, that relationship got mad abusive. You know what I'm saying? Like I was so belittled in this relationship to not feel like this person that's sitting in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like I was lower than the lowest you know i was underneath the that's crust. crazy today. because you're not <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've met some ancient people in my life you know what i mean and i've never been like oh yeah that's me i relate you know what i mean but he definitely made it out to be like i just wasn't shit but in those days that i was gathering myself and trying to figure out where the strength was going to come from to leave him because that's what i did i left him I remember hearing your words. I remember you saying like, "Just leave his ass." <laughs> I mean, I mean, Allie would be so the guardian angel on your shoulder. That's like, leave him. Yeah, <laughs> leave I, his dumb ass. Exactly, and it was just so like, and you would always tell me that every time I would talk to you. It's like if it's not going in your favor, fuck him. Because it comes back around to choice yeah. and like 
we should have options about our own lives and our own bodies, right? Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be stuck with somebody that treats you poorly. True. There's enough shit going on in the world yeah. where I feel like life is hard enough yeah. and you got to surround yourself with people and jobs where it's like, it's easy, yeah. right? Exactly. Go into it, smooth sailing. Exactly. Shit comes up that is not okay. Like, I think about what if I was in that relationship with him while all this shit's happening and how horrible it would go. I don't even know if I'd be able to make it out of this shit if I was still in a relationship with somebody that toxic. You know what I mean? Cause You're it, like, bitch, you fine. Yeah, you, <laughs> bitch, you, you, you good? Yeah, suck it up, you know? And it's like... Why aren't you giving me enough attention? I'm <laughs> yelling at you to stay off your feet. Right, exactly. <laughs> Allie told me to go sit my ass down somewhere. <laughs> One day I was like, yo, I'm about to go do all these things. I went downtown. This was right after she got off the hospital the second time and was still bleeding. Yeah. That, like staying at my house. Yeah. Yeah, she worked out like four days after she got in the hospital, and I yelled at you. Yeah, she's so like, upset. You're like, no, it's just like a light workout. I'm like, I don't Sit care. <laughs> down and let me feed you. Right. Allie's really good at telling people no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have your idea of what's happening, and there's this actual thing that's happening, right? I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, well, I have energy, so let me go use this energy productively. And Allie's like, no, bitch, you need that energy (laughs) to heal. So sit your ass down and get more energy instead of burning it up. Like, it doesn't make sense. I feel like I just say the most obvious shit, though. Yeah. Like, even when it comes to you, (laughs) and I tell you how awesome you are and beautiful you are and funny and all those things that are so obvious and true... And you look at me like, I'm a crazy person. No, not that you're crazy. It's just like, wow, you think that? Really? I don't think that, though. That's what, what it's, it is. It's life. It's, yeah, it's fact. Oh, facts. It's, and I'm a huge fan of facts. Yeah. <laughs> Love science. Yeah. You know? Me too. Are you sick of marching for science? I am. Can we, this is a detour, but I am so sick of marching for science. Allie and I went to a canvas for Katie Hill and Santa Clarita, which mm. congrats to her because... She just became a congresswoman. Yeah, she got awesome. elected. Katie Hill. Yay. Hey, Katie Hill. But fuck Allie Steve and I, Knight. yeah, fuck Steve Knight. That dude passed a bill that it was okay to shoot bears that were hibernating. It's like, that's cartoonishly evil. Relax, <laughs> man. It's fine. Albert Fudd wouldn't even do that shit. Like, what are you right? doing? So Allie and I go and we canvas for Katie Hill in Santa Clarita. And the, there was this teenage kid wearing a shirt who was checking us in that said, March for Science. LA, whatever the dates were. And I, that stunned me that it is 2000 motherfucking 18 and we are marching to be like, please believe science. We're marching for lives. Yeah. We're marching for facts and science. We're, we're also marching for kids to not be shot in their classrooms, which right. feels fucking insane. Right. Or for people to respect women. And believe so, when believe somebody says women. Some shit. Believe yeah. women. Alex, hit me with a new segment song. Um, it's a segment. <laughs> it's a segment. Right. I'm trying to do the happy birthday to ya. Okay. It's a segment for ya. It's a segment for ya. You guys, this podcast is free, but I think I think you should all be paying a million dollars to listen to Alex sing. I liked it. A little long. A little long. 
We'll, we'll work on it. It's our first episode, so <laughs> we'll work on the segment song. So uh, real quick, every episode we want to check in with Democrats 2020. It's kind of our last shot at democracy. If Trump wins again, I don't know. I'm moving in. to Europe. Yeah. I'm already practicing my baking so I can work at a bakery in France or yeah. something. Or getting out of here or yeah. cyanide capsule. So can't do another four years of Trump mentally, emotionally. I don't think our democracy can handle it, so we want to have a handle on Democrats and what their fucking plan is for 2020. Do you have any favorites for running for president? The midterms just happened, so is there anyone from the field that you're thinking could take down Trump? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> He's a Republican. But I feel like he would is be Democratic Is he a Republican? Shit. I think he, he would have to primary Trump. Didn't Trump call him a cuck, though? No. Or Republicans call him... I don't want to know what he knows or doesn't know because he's not much. Dwayne the Rock. So you think you think the you'd vote for the Rock? I would. I've look. I've been following this man his whole career. I'm talking about wrestling. His dad's wrestling career. What I really like about Dwayne the Rock Johnson is that he took acting lessons because he knew he sucked at acting. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna go all in, balls in, and that's just his type of his personality is like that. Where he's like, if I'm not good at something, I'm gonna go and make myself better by putting myself around other people who are better than I am, and just completely dive into things that are uncomfortable for me so that I can get better. Do you think because Trump's now won the presidency, it opens up the field to anyone Hell can run yeah. for president. Hell, I can run for president tomorrow if I get my uh, Twitter followers up. <laughs> it's true. I think it has kind of changed the political landscape where previously you thought there had to be all this vetting and these focus groups of who could run. And now it's really just whoever's willing to say whatever the fuck they need to say to get well, elected could win. Here's the thing, too. And I think the show with the midterms is there were a lot of people who won that didn't have a political background. Right. Who were just people who are working class, everyday people, like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez. I don't want to fuck up her name on the podcast, but... We'll learn it. Alexandria Ocasio. Is it Alexandria? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I know. She just bitched out Fox News for saying her name wrong every time they bring her up, but I think Katie They're obsessed Hill, with her. Yeah. Katie Hill was a really good representation of just somebody who lives in the community and wants to do something about it, so mm-hmm. I think it's more prevalent now that there are people... Who are not don't have a political background that are, but should the Democrats? When I, I guess what I'm asking is, what are you feeling? Like, should the Democrats throw up Joe Biden, which I think is a terrible idea? Oh, even so even bad. someone already in the Senate, like Amy Klobuchar, should Michelle Obama run? Michelle already said she's not doing it. I know. Or, <laughs> or do you- who who can win against Trump? I guess is my question. Is who do you think? Is it a political outsider? Beto is it an Oprah? Baby, you think a Beto. I do think Beto. I don't want to have another white guy in office, but I think that right now things are so split and divided that having someone like Joe Biden, who's associated with Obama, maybe isn't the best... Play. It's not the best play right now. It's not smart. I think Kamala's fucking amazing, but we don't go from Trump to a Kamala. When we got Trump as president, I'm like, the next president is going to be a trans-Latina... Other side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did go from Bush to Obama. Right. And Bush fucked things up pretty, pretty good. Well, well him and his daddy. You're but. talking about classic Democratic strategy, which is go safe. I don't think Beto's a safe choice, so to speak, anyway, but you just kind of your imprinting of we need a safe white guy. No, it's a, 
I mean, he has the appearance of being safe to people. He's a white guy in a blue button. Because you got to think yeah. about who's actually voting. You got to think about the percentage of people. We got to win white vote. women. White, yeah. educated women are fucking up, and uneducated are fucking up everything. Right. And if you need to appeal to their senses with somebody who looks safe, where it seems like it will be a safer choice, then do that. Do what you gotta do. But I honestly feel like anybody with more star power than Trump. (laughs) How do you feel about Oprah? I think Oprah would be dope in theory. I don't know anything that she stands for politically. And she's a journalist. And being somebody who used to want to be a journalist really bad, you can basically say whatever the hell you want to say and make it sound good. But then when it comes down to the chips falling on the table, it could be something completely different. I think the Democrats don't need to have a primary. I think having people like Michael Bloomberg and maybe former governor of Colorado, Hickenlooper, and all these fucking people and even Bernie and whoever else trying to stroke their ego and win this ticket is only going to hurt Democrats going up against Trump. I think the most important thing is Democrats winning the presidency Mm -hmm. in 2020 and the ticket is secondary. The strength of the Democratic Party is also its weakness in the sense that Democrats haven't figured out how to harness that diversity. Mm -hmm. That diversity is its greatest strength. We need someone who appeals across the board. So I think that's what the problem is with on the Democrat side of putting up one person that represents everybody. Mm-hmm. Republicans can do that fine because right. they're all about white men. I was going to say, they all look the same. They're all the same. Whereas our <laughs> diversity, we need a Democratic Avengers. Yeah. Right? We need a Hulk. We need a Captain America. We need a team of people out there filling stadiums, talking about healthcare, talking about immigration. Mm-hmm. Ready to kick ass and be mean. Ready yeah. to kick ass and be mean and win the presidency for Democrats in 2020. Right. Because I think they're, being, they're playing too nice. Playing too nice. Um, trying to fit into these kind of old structures of what democracy was supposed to be as opposed to evolving to what it is now and what it needs to be. What Trump turned it into. There you go. All the fucking rules have been broken now. Yeah, all of them. No ethics, no moral, no nothing. Like complete antithesis of But here's the thing, the people sorry, the people who make the rules aren't even following them. Of course not. They never have though. That's why you make rules. Have you ever peeped that in everything? The reason why you make rules is because you want other people to be on the outside of that fence while you do all your dirt on the inside. It goes with sports. It goes with politics. It goes with business. Drugs. Everything. You have to be held accountable, though. No one's being held fucking accountable right now for anything. And it's infuriating. Right. If you are black and you have $10 worth of weed on you, you'll be held accountable for the rest of your fucking life. How are there still people in jail who... For roaches. For roaches. And it's like, oh yeah, because they're black. I've been buying weed legally from a store for a decade. Yeah. I thought about that the other day. I got my first medical marijuana card in Colorado in 2008. Yeah. I moved to California in 2012. I got a medical marijuana card in California. Now, both of those places, it's completely legal. Right. I've been buying it legally from a store, and there are still people in jail in Louisiana. Hell, even in California. In California, in Indiana, in Missouri, that are serving sometimes life sentences mm-hmm. for possession not yeah. even intended distribution. Distri- yeah, yeah not distribution not trafficking possession yeah. well because jeff sessions wasn't around to save everyone from weed 
Segment, segment, you want a segment, 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 get me a segment. Cool. I don't no. care about any segment but ours. That's pretty good. Danielle, what's the cutest dog you saw this week? Cutest dog was a corgi on Instagram. Ooh. Oh my God. He was just so cute. He was just minding his own little business, waddling his little body. I was like, oh, you're just so adorable. Oh. Mine was also a corgi. Yeah. Cutest dog I saw this week. I saw it because I was at a light right outside my office waiting to turn. And there was a, a guy across the street, no look on his face, male bitch face, whatever, no expression, just kind of having a day. And then I see him lighten up. And his face, just this huge smile. And I follow his eyes across the street, and there's a little corgi. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Sitting there, like, why are I getting its little butt waiting across the street? And him being made happy by the corgi made me happy, and the corgi made me happy. So it was just. Yeah, funny. it was just one big orgy of happy yeah. from the corgi. It was a good corgi orgy. I'll start with the corgi, though. Yeah. Which, before I say my favorite dog, uh, how weird is it that Trump is the only president to not have a dog in the White House. Because animals sense evil. They do sense evil. I don't trust people <laughs> when dogs don't like them. Or children. Yeah. But um, cutest dog I saw this week was actually this morning in front of this taco place called Home State. It was a really pretty Australian shepherd that had spots and blue hair, and it was oh. white, and it had all these patches on it. And its owner was flipping treats off of a skateboard, and the <laughs> dog was catching the treats in its mouth and I was like wow we live in a great place I mean I never seen so many dog owners till I moved to California I mean Denver we're about our animals too but it's like in pockets in LA I feel like everywhere you go out here if you're in Long Beach if you're in Los Feliz it doesn't matter everybody loves their animals and there's like rules and parameters that are set up because people love their animals they take them everywhere yeah because downtown everywhere is dog friendly they were saying on everything downtown, I mean, and downtown smells like human feces and like human piss, but they had little signs that say, could you please curb your dog? Like all downtown. I was like, that's crazy, right? Humans, pick up your shit. They don't tell the humans to curb, but you know, no. the dogs, go ahead and curb your dog. Well, I think there was a time in, here in LA, Allie, that our dog had, Tiva had health insurance and Allie did not. Yeah. My dog has very good health insurance. That's awesome. I'm mad that you didn't have health insurance at one point where she had it. But that's okay. <gasps> what if there was an Obama paw? <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. They need to, though, because some of these insurances for dogs is like... Bullshit. Bullshit. I think mine's through the ASPCA. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one. And I've used it, and they reimburse you, so... Very good. It's not cheap. Yeah. But exactly. it covers her. Very good. Yeah, because I've heard of some horror stories when it comes to that. And hell, I didn't have insurance on my dog, and he ended up getting, like, bit by a spider or something like that. And he had hives all over him, and he swallowed really big. And I ended up having to come out of pocket, like, 500 bucks to get him a shot to save his life. And the vet was looking at me like, well, if you don't have the money, then we just, there's nothing we can do. And I'm like, you really would just let this dog die? Single payer for dogs. Well, wait. You know what? (laughs) How crazy is it that GoFundMes are... Use the most to pay off medical bills. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, you want to wrap it up? We'll wrap it up. Danielle, thank you so much for being yeah, with us. Yeah, we love you, Danielle. Love you. I love you guys more. Ah, uh, but you didn't know. <laughs> now I know. Now we know. Thank you so much for being here. Again, you guys can check her out at Donuts Socialite or check out her podcast, Donuts Coffee and Tech. And, and tech. tech. 
Yep, it's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. We'll see you on the next podcast. And don't forget, stay Stay mad. mad.